Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This is an Irish independent podcast. I'm Adrian Weckler and you're listening to The Big Tech Show. Now, in a few minutes, we'll explain how UK rules may soon allow Irish people to buy iPhones, MacBooks and other gadgets tax-free in Britain. But first, I'm joined by producer Tabitha Monaghan. Tabitha, how did you get on in the budget? It was exciting. There was lots of spending going on, so it was nice to see. I don't know how much I'm going to benefit from it, but how about okay. you? What did you think of the whole budget? Um, I was focused mainly on what tech uh, measures came of out course. of it very professionally. I probably came out of it a couple of hundred euro better yeah. off. But what struck me was uh, how much of this was actually funded by big tech and we're going to talk about that now for a few minutes. That's what I wanted to ask you, actually, because we were ta- there was a lot of talk around the budget about the corporation tax and how much money was being taken from that and being put into the budget. How reliable are we on corporation tax? I suppose we should start there. Yeah. So what was really interesting to me was Pascal Dunn, who kept talking about this being a six billion euro or 11 billion euro budget but we had 6 billion euro roughly to spend that was our surplus now that is entirely from the big tech companies so if you look at the figures here's how they stack up this year about 10 billion euro in corporate tax will come from just 10 companies mostly big tech so that's apple google intel meta amazon microsoft and a handful of others they employ about 40,000 people over half of all of our corporate tax comes from the biggest tech and pharma multinationals here. Now, when you consider what we just spent in the budget, we are dangerously reliant on those big tech companies to keep the country running. It's very risky. It's a risky move. It's a very risky move. And on the one side, you would say, well, God, we're putting all of our eggs into this basket. Then on the other hand, you would say, jeepers, maybe we're kind of lucky that we did actually attract all these uh, big tech companies here right now because they are the ones who are actually allowing us to to keep the lights running, to keep the energy bills uh, on. So I don't know what to think about it. There's also, the, okay, so we've attracted them, but there's that piece about keeping them here as well. I mean, do you get any sense that there any of those big tech companies are even thinking about leaving? Because, I mean, that would probably get, I would say, Pascal Donahue's back up a little bit. Mm, that's the big question. Um, last week, funnily enough, I interviewed the head of Google Ireland, Adair Fox Martin, and 
literally two thirds of the interview was me repeating the same question <laughs> to her, which was, Adair, is Google pulling out of Ireland? Is Google going to slim down its operations in Ireland? Is Google doing anything that might, you know, favor the the new London operation over the Dublin operation? She kept saying, no, 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 no. And uh, she, she really was a pains to say, no, look, our agenda here is to keep adding jobs and, and to keep the base here. Ireland's good for us. Now, go over across the road to Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp, and it might be a different story. We know that they're contemplating cutting their costs by 10%. We've talked about it before in this podcast. They're starting to slim down on um, some of their contractor positions, for example. That would be the company to watch. Overall, you, you would say they still look fairly solid, but you know, the risk of them leaving is now huge, isn't it? Yes, completely, especially after the budget, for sure. But Mm. what was the budget like for the tech industry more generally? Did they benefit from it? Would they be happy out with some of the announcements that were made? Most of the people I talked to give it about a six or a seven out of ten. So they they extended a thing called the knowledge development box, which is basically a tax credit scheme. And that basically allows companies to develop intellectual property uh, here. It allows you to uh, get a deduction worth up to about 50% um, of profits. There were also a few other things that um, were extended around uh, share credit schemes, for example. And there's quite there's a controversial one, which is beloved by these multinational tech companies, called the Special Assignee Relief Program Scheme, which basically gives income tax relief to very highly paid executives who come into Ireland to work. And that was extended uh, until the end of 2025. Uh, Otherwise, there was a few bits around the edges. The Data Protection Commissioner will get another couple of million. The Cybersecurity Council here will get uh, another million quid. Overall, uh, modest. Yeah, so it's not a complete disaster for the tech industry, but not fantastic either. Oh, it's not a disaster at all. I mean, now... they would be looking for more. There's a big lobby here to try and change the way that um, capital taxes are calculated, especially with the UK slashing its taxes last week. Uh, it Some startup lobby groups will tell you that it's unattractive uh, to invest in startups here. But overall, I think they were kind of fairly pleased with it. Something else other than the budget, there were two new products that you wanted to mention as well. Yeah, one of them kind of I'm excited about. So Amazon had its big product showcase this week. And yeah, they had a few new Echoes and they had a couple of new Fire TVs. The one I was really interested in was a new big screen Kindle, a 10-inch Kindle called the Kindle Scribe. Basically a simple but capable tablet. Um, and you can write on it. You can take notes on it with a stylus that comes with the device. This is a thing that I've been waiting for for years you have. and years and years. Um, the problem for us people who are getting older uh, with the, <laughs> the regular Kindles is that they're six inch and seven inch screens, which means you either have to increase the font size so that you keep flicking between yeah. screens uh, or you can only get about, you know, 50 words per screen. Here's an actual tablet style proper e-ink Kindle that I can, you know, take my time at reading. I can't wait for it. Is there a benefit to buying this new Kindle over if someone already has, let's say, an iPad? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The screen. So the the difference between a a Kindle and an iPad or a tablet in general is that screen, the, the iPad and the 
you know, the Galaxy tablets and all the rest of them have essentially an LCD screen, which is very glary. It's not good for you when you're uh, uh, just about to go to bed. Um, blue light and all of that. The e-ink screen is is the one that responds only to the light that shines on it. So it's, you know, a lamp or the sun. Uh, the battery life on it is absolutely fantastic as well. And importantly, it doesn't lure you into social media because it's really just for reading and writing. I think it, this one will integrate with Microsoft uh, a little bit. But basically, this is the tablet if you want to to read and and maybe do a little bit of, of writing. It should cost about €350. Euro. Another product that you wanted to talk about as well is the AirPods. Something I struggle to get very excited about, and I know I've said this to you before, I always find the AirPods so uncomfortable. Yeah. So I don't know, are these any different? Are these going to be any nicer? Yeah, so the AirPods Pro 2. So Apple has two distinctly different types of in-ear AirPods. One is the basic AirPods, which is a sort of a plastic stem, which is, I think, the one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, definitely. And the other one that they developed a couple of years ago called the AirPods Pro, the slightly smaller stems, and they've got rubber tips. So they're supposed to, um, you know, uh, seal themselves into your ear a little bit better. Um, on the comfort point, everyone's ears are different. I have yeah, found true. before, for example, that, that Samsung Buds didn't fit in my ear, then they changed the design, then they did. Um, I never had a problem with the re regular AirPods, but some people have. Um, these fit pretty well. I mean, if you uh, if you have had a problem with the stem AirPods, these might actually fit you fairly well. But that's not really why people are buying them. People are buying them really for the noise cancelling technology. That's and what I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah. Like, is that possible? Like, you know, I, we've had this conversation mm. on the podcast before that they're always going to, the noise cancelling is always going to be better when they're over ear. Can you ever get that same level of noise cancelling from a bud? You know what? 18 months ago, I would have said absolutely never. Noise cancelling technology in buds used to be crap. Yeah. And now it's actually really good. So Ooh. the AirPods Pro 2, you put them in your ear, you're walking out on the street, there's a lot of white noise, there's kind of like trees rustling, there's cars going by, there's maybe people chatting. You turn on the noise cancelling and 70 to 80% of it, it just completely disappears. Now, I would put the noise cancelling on these AirPods Pro 2 at around the same level as mid-level overhead headphones. So they're not going to match um, Sony's XM5s they're not going to match, uh, you know, some of the the, the top uh, the top Bose uh, models either, but they absolutely match some of the 150 euro, 200 euro overhead um, headphones. They even kind of match Apple's own AirPod Max, which costs over 600 euro for noise cancelling. And how much technology. are these going to be? How much are the pods? Two ninety nine, two hundred. So so they're the most expensive buds yeah. you can buy. But it's worth saying that the audio on them is pretty top-notch as well. I mean, overall, there's, there's a couple of other things that they add to it. For example, the uh, the charging case now has a little speaker. So if you're looking for them, you can just hit a button on your iPhone and the noise goes off. So you'll know where it is. Brilliant. You know, in the bathroom or whatever. Um, it's called, but overall, I would say that these are probably in the rent, probably the best you can get. Yeah. So that is, I think, what we have on our uh, menu to, today to talk about. Thanks very much, Tabitha, for uh, joining us for the chat. Now, has the UK just started offering cut-price iPhones and MacBooks and other gadgets for Irish visitors? 
Because last week, the British government's mini-budget introduced VAT-free shopping for travellers to Britain. So an Irish person can fly to London and buy an iPhone 14 Pro for €400 cheaper than here, or a MacBook Air for €350 cheaper, and so on. What exactly is going on here? Is this desperation from the UK? Will it apply to the North? And are shops in Ireland now screwed in the run-up to Christmas? I'm joined to discuss this by John Isle, Deputy Business Editor of the Irish Independent. John, just a few basics first. What is the basic idea of VAT-free shopping for travellers, as we've seen introduced in the UK? It's a very simple ploy, really, to encourage tourism and commercial activity. We all know that England has a major tourist economy, much like we have here. And they want to really capitalize, I think, on foreign visitors, especially wealthier foreign visitors with a propensity to spend on luxury, portable items that they can then take out of the country. The idea behind the VAT-free shopping is to encourage more of those people to come to, to, come to England, probably specifically to London, and do their luxury shopping there instead of Paris or New York or Tokyo or other major capitals of the world. So the UK's VAT rate is 20%. And if you take that off the price of an expensive luxury item, you're really talking about some very serious savings. You've already mentioned some there with some tech. Mm. If we're talking about other things like luxury watches or, I don't know, handmade suits or something else like that that you might buy in London, you know, you're talking about very substantial savings. And if you're buying a lot of those items, it's quite an attractive offer. Mm. Yeah. And I've run the sums and the amounts that someone could potentially save here are kind of staggering. I mentioned the iPhones, but it goes all the way down to smaller things like, you know, the Nintendo Switch. You can save over 100 euro on that from 345 euro down to about 235 euro. And the value of sterling is is falling all the time. There is some small print, though, isn't there? I mean, and, and let's try and clear up some of the common questions around this. I suppose the big one that a lot of Irish people will have is whether this will be available in the North. Well, it won't be. So the language is very specific on this. And just to give a bit of context and background of where this proposal is coming from, last Friday, the new UK Chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng, announced a whole package of proposals, what they're calling a mini budget over there, the Growth Plan 2022. And one paragraph in this long list of proposals that ran, I think, to over 80 pages was this bit about um, that free shopping. Now, it is caveated quite heavily. So the VAT-free shopping is available only in Great Britain, so that's England, Scotland, and Wales, and only for non-UK customers. So that cuts out anyone from the North, say, going across uh, to Britain uh, and, and availing of this. So anyone who's an EU uh, resident can obviously do it and you know from, from other places as well. Um, so that's, that's the most important small print. So what that effectively means is that cross-border shoppers from the Republic of Ireland to the North, will not be able to take advantage of this because it's it's not something that will be in Belfast or Derry or Newry or any of those places. So you will have to cross the water one way or another. I'm assuming, by the way, that this is probably to do with the Northern Ireland Protocol. Exactly. So as long as the Northern Ireland Protocol is in force, Northern Ireland is part of the EU VAT regime, which means that the UK effectively doesn't have full control over the VAT uh, that gets charged there. Now, they can uh, increase or decrease the, the amount of VAT generally that everybody pays, but they can't do this kind of targeted thing, trying to essentially do a race to the bottom with their mm. EU competitors. Yeah. Now, the other big question that I've 
been fielding is whether you can avail of this online without traveling to Britain. Like, could, you know, could you go onto a British store's website and try to get around even the travel element and just buy it from here? Unfortunately, no. I think the language in the proposal is very specific on this. And it says that it is for items bought in Britain and taken out of the country in personal baggage. So you really literally have to go. And, you know, maybe it's worth a ferry trip over to Hollyhead or something. You know, you could, you could sort of see ports of entry responding to this, much the way Shannon did it, you know, in decades past and, and, and really investing in the shopping proposition in places that otherwise wouldn't attract a lot of tourists. But essentially, this sort of gimmick isn't, isn't really pitched at Irish people, I think, because you, you know, you'd have to weigh up the cost, of, uh, the cost of your travel, accommodation, incidentals, food, all of that kind of stuff. Well, against well, what- well, John, I mean, you could be looking at a 50 euro day return on Ryanair. Yes, that's true. And I, and in if you are already taking a trip to the UK, mm. which is you know pretty common uh, for Irish people, whether for business or pleasure or family reasons, you might say, well, while I'm over there, I might as well avail of this and yep. you know knock a few hundred off the iPhone I was going to buy anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now we should say that this is not without its customs responsibilities. I mean, I checked, and many of the usual rules still apply for bringing high value items like laptops or phones, back into the EU from outside. I suppose the point here, though, is that because the discounts on offer are so big, potentially here from the UK, because they've really gone to the bottom uh, on this, surely people are going to be tempted into sidestepping these customs when you can just un box of a phone and put it in your pocket for sure and then there's really no way of telling whether it's a personal item that you brought mm. in into and then back out of the country again and that's kind of the the clever bit of this proposal is that it is aimed specifically at portable but expensive type items right mm. which which are difficult to detect as something that you've just bought there now there'll be declarations you have to fill out in the uk to you know vouch for the fact that you bought it there to receive your vat refunds and all of that but you know that's familiar to a lot of people who travel to ireland especially american tourists you know who, who still mm. make that a part of their experience of coming to ireland is claiming their vat back before they leave i mean what will be interesting there is uh, the mechanism of how they do that in japan where i bought an expensive camera they have a vat free uh, a traveler's VAT exemption uh, or, or claim back your VAT uh, system there. But you can do it actually at the counter. The shop, some mm-hmm. of the shops have special signs. I remember buying a camera there. I got a couple hundred euro off just by um, showing my uh, passport. Um, I wonder what the experience is generally like in other places that have these tax-free uh, status. I know that several states do, for example, New Hampshire, Delaware, Alaska, Oregon, Montana, all states I've been to, uh, by the mm. way. Um, and that's an exemption on sales tax, which is usually mm. between 7 and 10%. You know, if you were living in New Jersey, why wouldn't you just sort of drive across, drive up to Delaware mm. and, and buy your MacBook there? Yeah, I mean, well, there's a lot of factors, I suppose, that, that figure into where you do your shopping, you know, ha- habits and so forth and how much planning you're willing to put into it. But you, you make a good point there about Japan and the infrastructure that they have in place to actually make these transactions very smooth. Um, the UK, you know, ha- has just announced this. It's, it's less than a week since it's been kind of put on paper. And they don't have this infrastructure set up yet. They don't have the retail systems. They don't have the kind of the tax system set up yet. So there is talk that it's going to take more than a year to put this in place if it gets passed through legislation at all. And it's important to point out that the reaction on financial markets 
um, to this mini budget has been catastrophic. It's caused a massive depreciation in the value of the pound. It's jacked up the yields on, uh, uh, on UK gilts, making it much more expensive for the country to fund itself. And there is talk that the government is maybe going to have to back down from some of the proposals, not necessarily this one, but possibly some of the ones on personal taxation issues and so forth. So the, the government at the moment looks quite shaky and its capacity to push through these proposals is maybe in, in doubt at the moment. We're going to know more in November when they cost everything more specifically and it starts making its way through parliament. But as you point out, the kind of the bits and pieces that will make this work have to be in place uh, to, to make it, let's say, as, as frictionless as possible for shoppers. Yeah, and the irony of sterling falling even more. When I was doing up these examples last week when the mini budget was announced in the UK, I did the sums and where an iPhone 14 Pro will cost you €1,339 Euro in Ireland or anywhere else in the EU, minus the VAT and with the exchange rate, it cost €980, Euro, which is about a €360 Euro saving. As of today, when we were recording this uh, podcast several days later, it's down to about €950. Euro. So the gap is getting uh, wider. Um, but you touch on the other big question that a lot of people have been asking is, when do we think this is likely to be introduced? And I think what you're saying is, don't be booking your trips to London for your VAT-free shopping this Christmas. No, certainly not. Um, it, it doesn't look like um, this proposal will even be costed before the end of November. So it's going to take a while um, before this is a reality. Right now, it is just an idea. Um, and look, of all of the things that came through the mini budget, this one probably has uh, the least impact on, um, on the budget uh, itself, on the UK budget. Um, and, and so it might survive any kind of culling of, uh, of proposals from this growth plan. Uh, 2022 but really the timeline is looking like a year at a minimum and probably 2024 before it's fully implemented okay because when i was tweeting about this last week i had so many dms and <laughs> text messages from people in london saying that they were over there at the, at the moment was it worth their while going to the apple store or the microsoft store or the samsung st store and i had to tell them i don't think it is just yet no for sure um Look, John Isle, Deputy Business Editor of the Irish Independent, thank you very much for coming on and explaining that to us. Also, thanks today to Tabitha Monaghan, who produced, and Gavin Hennessy on sound. And from me, Adrian Weckler, you've been listening to the award-winning Big Tech Show. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.